on this episode of Team Building Saves the World. Effectively, you have to be able to support and create a lifestyle for your employees, and that is truly your differentiator as an employer brand. This concept that like you just provide health insurance and dental and vision, and then like you're done, Right. It doesn't, that doesn't work anymore. On a serious I, note, though, to interrupt your life, so on a, this year is the year also of mental health. I was just telling Saul this morning, you know, how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. Alexa, eat this. I don't want to eat it now. Trust me, you're going to fall over. <laughs> Hello, team. Once again, it's me, your old friend, Rich Rinnensland, host of Team Building Saves the World the show where I speak to the leaders and innovators of the team building industry from all across the globe, trying to find out what about that industry is so important, especially in the world of today. And today we are celebrating wellness with Perks, Director of Benefit Development and the CEO and co-founder of Perks. Perks is the nation's leading employee experience and office innovation showcase for employers to find innovative and employee-centric services. But first, I need to send my thanks out to my supporters at Team Bonding. If your team is ready for exper- to experience teamwork through the power of play, then visit teambonding.com to learn more. And now, my friends, join me in welcoming the Director of Business Development at Perks Convention, Saul Luckner, and CEO and co-founder of Perks, Alexa Baggio. That is just a small group of people I keep chained up under my desk. They're here just to applaud you guys. That's their entire job. How you guys doing today? It's a good start. Thank you. You got a good crowd crowd stuffed under there. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for coming on and joining us, guys. So happy to be here. To start, uh, let's start with you, uh, Saul. What is Perks and how did you get involved in it? Uh, I told uh, Alexa that Perks would never work when she told me what it really was. That was my whole claim to fame. (laughs) Okay. He's he's actually not wrong about that. Well then, Alexa, uh, go ahead. Why don't you start off? Tell us about what Perks is, because I know it's yeah, it, you're sure. the, you're the brainchild of it. So, oh, for better or for worse, right? Uh, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, so, so we, you know, I'm the founder and CEO of Perks. We are the employee experience company, and we have under our uh, sort of umbrella or purview here, we have three different uh, brands that we have created and are the proud creators and curators of. The first is the Employee Experience Expo. So that is a trade show that we host in six cities around North America. Boston, New York, LA, Chicago, San Francisco, and Toronto. Uh, And the goal of our trade shows is to show the employer community in that city all the great, innovative, and cool benefits they can provide to their teams. Uh, So that's our first brand. Our second brand is called POPs. It's the People Ops Society, which is a exclusive community for people ops professionals to basically meet, share resources, take courses, and just kind of have a place for you know themselves to talk to themselves for for the people people by the people people as we say <laughs> and then our last brand is uh is called showcase which is the employee experience platform i don't know if you're sensing a theme here rich I'm uh, but <laughs> we uh the employee experience platform is basically both an app and a web platform that allows employers to what we say is basically solve the employee awareness problem. So make uh, their employees more aware of what their benefits are 
um, alarming statistic, 59% of employees cannot remember the benefits that they enrolled in in the last open enrollment, and over 80% do not know all of the benefits that their employer offers to them, which is alarming because we work with the people who, who choose all those things and do the hard work to make sure they have the right benefits and the right perks and the right services and the right lifestyle. So our, our software is sort of basically designed to help solve that problem and, and put your employee experience in your employee pocket. So that's Perks. That's who we are. Saul is sort of the, the heart and soul of our team over at Perks.com, and as well as he works with our broker partners at Showcase. So Fantastic. Well, let's start off yeah. at the very beginning. Where did this all come from, Alexa? Oh, good God. Um, many, many moons ago, 2014, 2015, something like that, okay. I was the co-founder of a business called 2020 On-Site that does on-site eye exams at the office, which is like a, you know, it's a foreign concept these days, but they're, they're back, they're coming back around. And the whole idea was preventative healthcare, right? So this idea that, you know, some of these services like eye exams, they're preventative, but they're, it's very easy to fall by the wayside. You tend to have some sort of coverage through your employer, but you know, getting to the eye doctor is actually more complicated than it sounds, and thus people don't do it. And that, you know, it can detect things like heart disease and uh, cholesterol issues and all kinds of stuff. Right. Uh, so it is good preventative health care. So anyway, we we built the business to be a free to employer paid for by employee benefits. So we would build these awesome 34 to 38 foot RVs decked out to be like this awesome, you know, sort of futuristic eye doctor and eye store, sort of, you know, optical store on wheels. And we were going to the employer community. And one of the things I learned when I was starting that that business was that there didn't seem to be a place where employers could come to find services like 2020 or find services like, you know, a lean box or a team bonding. Like you, there were things that were existing in the world that were very traditional HR trade shows built mm -hmm. around this idea of continuing education, right? You know, sure, Manira and all the, the groups that do sort of the educational and compliance content in the space, but there was not anybody that was like, hey, there's a lot of fun stuff you could do for your team too. That's not just health insurance. <laughs> come spend the day with us and we'll make sure you know about all of them. So we, we tested the idea in whatever that year was 2014 2015 in boston we had like a little tiny trade show at the microsoft nerd center which uh, no longer exists sadly it was a cool space and we had something like 20 or 25 different vendors everything from food to you know massages at work to you know kind of all the things we we used to think of when we think of the googleization of the workforce uh, or the <laughs> workplace it was very food heavy you know foosball tables that kind of stuff sure. uh, but that was many years ago and we had like four or 500 people show up to our first event and we were just blown away. We were like, okay, people actually really do want to do this stuff for their teams. And they're really struggling to find a sort of central location to see what's innovative and, and see what's out there. And so our criteria was originally, and, and basically still is that in order to be involved in the employee experience expo, you have to directly benefit the employee experience. So we don't showcase anything that the employee cannot experience, touch, feel, look at, go to, subscribe for, you know, that they don't then give credit back to their employer. Uh, so we don't showcase anything that's like HRIS softwares or, you know, any, anything that's kind of behind the scenes. Uh, everything that we're focused on is, you know, from electric car charging stations to telemedicine and, you know, healthcare reduction and online events and all kinds of engagement stuff. So it's been a fun journey. But yeah, that's where this came from. And then from there, we've just sort of grown and into working with the employer community. And we started to get some feedback that as people operations professionals, they wanted a new community to talk about sort of people operations as a separate lens from sort of traditional HR. Mm. And so we started that group right before the pandemic and have been lucky enough to grow that over the last year. And then Showcase was born out of that because last year, a little before a year from now, we started to hear employers as well as their benefit providers just go, what am I going to do this year? I can't be on site at a virtual benefit fair or an on-site benefit fair. How do I do this virtually? 
And we said, well, we think we can help with that because we know this area really well. And this is what we do all year is connect brands with employers and employees with brands. So here we are, Rich. Saul, obvious question. Why didn't you think this would work? It's a great question. Uh, my thought was, you know, I had been to other exhibits and, 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 and conventions that like that. Basically, as far as I had seen as an exhibitor, HR didn't really want to talk to you or and no one really went, went to conferences to talk to the exhibitors. They almost went to avoid the exhibitors. Hmm. So when Alexa had the idea and saying, hey, you know, people do want this stuff, they will come. And I said, well, they probably don't want to leave their offices to talk, talk to the exhibitors. And I was wrong. You know, I, I joke with her about this. I, now the litmus test is if I think it's not a good idea, we just go ahead and do it. <laughs> it's literally, it's literally like a, a North Star for us. Like if Saul thinks it won't work, we're going to do it. No. So far it's worked pretty well, but no. we'll see. Let's talk about the employee engagement. Cause I was reading, when I was reading through your bios on LinkedIn and on your website, I was struck by the modernizing the workplace improvement and employee experience. What do you mean when you say that? I mean, what is the modernizing of it look like? So back to the sort of the Googleization of the workforce, right? This mm. a bunch of this stuff and all the innovative benefits and stuff around team bonding and culture. It all it all came out of this concept of like, okay, highly competitive tech-based employers, largely out of San Francisco to start, are pouring money into these resources that are highly visible to potential candidates, right? right? Things like I think it was like Google had babysitting and laundry services on campus and mm. people like lost their minds. And what we saw for a while was people try to like, okay, let's follow that rabbit down that hole, right? We're gonna we're gonna add all these on-site services, we're gonna have, you know, all these sort of like tangible things, we're gonna have tegerators and that kind of became the norm for like a quote unquote like the bellwether of your culture and and the reality is that that's actually not what is driving the cultural change. What is driving the cultural change is, especially millennials, they're the largest generation in the workforce right now. I am a millennial, so I can talk about us. They've come to sort of, we, we've transitioned away from like these cute things that are novel attracting talent and keeping talent to this idea of effectively you have to be able to support and create a lifestyle for your employees. And that is truly your differentiator as an employer brand. So if it used to be that, you know, 30, 40 years ago, like if you had healthcare and dental and vision and a 401k, like you were at the top of cream, cream of the crop as an employer, right? Because, yeah. you know, that was, that was where we were at 30 or 40 years ago. Right. Now it's become this kind of test for how many services and what are the, what's the right combination of services that actually creates the culture and the brand you are trying to instill? Because what I can tell you and what I know Saul can attest to is we speak to every year hundreds of new companies that are trying to create services, products, subscriptions, technology, you know, whatever it is with the lens of the employee in mind, which did not exist 10 years ago, right? Like when we started the first conventions before we had any of this going, that was a fairly novel concept. It's why we were so surprised when so many people came to our first event because we were like, oh, you really do. You'd really do. You are interested in this. And so this concept, uh, I think, has transitioned away from novelty into more expectation. So the millennial generation has come, has come to expect some of these things. And so now what that means in an increasingly digital world is that you need to align your experience explicitly with what you want to promote as an employer and what you are expecting your employee lifestyle to look like. When I am sitting in front of a computer, staring at a bunch of squares all day, mm -hmm. you know, doing my marketing work in my Google Sheets or, you know, <laughs> recording my podcast on Zoom or whatever it is, in my day-to-day -day experience, you know, in this example, I'm the employee that is actually differentiating my employer experience. 
right? It's just uh, my butt in a seat in front of Zoom and the work that I do on a regular basis, right? And, and obviously the people I do it for, but you're never going to replace the people you, you work for. So yeah. I think the whole world has shifted from sort of this, this idea of like, oh, what, what's the fun stuff I can say my employer does to like, what is the lifestyle that my employer affords me and supports me in? And that's a much more intentional way to build a team, to build a culture, to build benefits, to build, you know, any of those things. And I think that the pandemic effectively just catapulted us into that philosophy, which is like, it is no longer about butts in seats and dry gray cubicles. And, you know, none of that stuff is going to fly anymore if you Mm want to be competitive, but it's also not ever going to go back to like, oh, well, we have a foosball table and a kegerator. Right. Those things were never, those things were just, they were, they were sugar cookies. Uh, they were, they were exactly, they, they, yeah. exactly. They were fun. They were like, Hey, look at us. We're cool. Um, but now like, you know, glass doors not going anywhere. Every employer, you know, worth any salt has information about their brand, their culture, their team, you know, sort of all over the internet all the time. Mm. And now we're in a world where you have to be very intentional about, what are the things that you're signaling to your team in the benefits and the experiences that you're providing and where are you getting engagement, right? This concept that like you just provide health insurance and dental and vision and then like you're done, right? It doesn't, that doesn't work anymore, right? You right. have to be not only aware of what your team wants based on sort of who they are and what you want them to be into, right? Maybe it's fitness, maybe it's, you know, family time, maybe it's whatever that's for each employer to decide, but you can't, ever kind of put the cat back in the bag on this. And so it means we have to be more and more intentional and actually design these experiences, not just slap a bunch of stuff that's like cheap and free and in the budget and like hope people engage with it, right? You have to be able to not only test and measure what people engage with, you have to be willing to change what people engage with as your team changes. So there's kind of this philosophical shift from like nice to have to need to have and um, from kind of like more is better to more intentional is better. I also, uh, I also think too, where, you know, whereas perks started off with the name perks, mm. now there's not really a line, you know, I, I think people, it, it's sort of like, it's all one bucket. It's all the employee experienced. So. Excellent. Yeah. People used to differentiate between benefits and perks and, and now it's like, it, does it affect the employer or doesn't it? Does it contribute to your employer brand or doesn't it? It's all the same. Um, you know, and I would argue that a lot of the quote unquote core benefits to use industry language, they don't differentiate at all anymore. Hmm. Right. Unless, unless you're someone with a preexisting condition or a sick loved one or a certain set of circumstances you need to be cautious of or aware of in, in switching employers, healthcare is a given and you only get usually two choices. <laughs> and if you're lucky, one of them is a PPO, right? Right. Um, you know, it, it just, it, it's not, it's no longer a differentiator. So you've got to go further, further down the stack. And that starts to become, what does my lifestyle look like when I'm here with this brand? And what do they encourage of me and signal to me is okay, based on the, the experiences, the interactions, the benefits that they afford me. That all sounds amazing. With that in mind, I actually do want to take a second here, guys. I need to step away just for a brief moment because I want to take a second to tell my team about a company I am very proud to be a part of, Team Bonding. Team Bonding was founded over 20 years ago with one simple question. How can employees have a great time while fostering strong, authentic bonds between people who work together? They've created a catalog of innovative events using the power of play as a learning tool and tapping into the correlation of work and play. From scavenger hunts to Jeopardy and so much more, the team bonding of activities, live, virtual, and hybrid, 
maximizes the impact of team building with an accent on fun. Visit teambonding.com to schedule your event now. Team bonding, when you want seriously fun results. And I know for a fact, Team Bonding has been so excited to be part of the Perk Conferences. Like, everywhere you guys go, we're there with you. Yeah, we love it. You guys are, are a fun partner. And, like, we're big believers. We always joke, you know, if you can't have fun at a Perks convention, like, you're not going to have any fun doing this in general for a living. So <laughs> you might want might to rethink your profession. I mean, we hand you champagne when you walk in the door. There's a DJ that spins all day. There's, you know, there's all kinds of fun stuff happening at these events to give people a place for a day to come think and dream and use their imaginations for what they want to create for their teams and then take some of those ideas back to their to their group and figure out what works. Is it also, just... Go ahead, Tom. Regarding, regarding team bonding, too, you know, you've always done very well at our shows, but... I mean, with the pandemic and everything being hybrid, right. last year, people could not, like, they're almost like breaking through the screen to try to find you and get a contact person. So it was really wonderful to see, yeah, a lot of bad stuff happened during the pandemic, but some yeah. of the silver linings there were for groups like yours, the, the, the need was really, really, really there. And still is, obviously, people being hybrid and stuff like that. So Right. No, I was going to say, talking about, let's let's look back at that. What was it like for you guys to go from live events all across the country to suddenly people can't be closer than six feet from each other. Yeah. So is, is dead, dead air, a good way to say it. It's like, it's like that moment in like the cheesy, uh, the cheesy medical shows where like the green line that is the heartbeat just kind of goes flat for a minute. Oh. And you're like, are they going to resuscitate? <laughs> uh, no. So you know, look as a business owner, it was, it was survival mode, right? It was like, all right, this is, you know, our world has changed. The medium we use to communicate this message has been cut off from us. But I don't think we ever lost sight of the vision that like, you know, I, we like to joke as a team now, like if you weren't thinking about your employee experience before, you better be now because it's only gotten harder as people have gotten more dispersed, right? And I will, I will say, preface that this entire comment with, we're a remote team, we're a small team. So we've always had the luxury of being able to be remote and do pretty well for ourselves. But I have always been a huge believer in remote teams. I think the amount of autonomy and just ownership it creates for teams, you know, at certain sizes for certain roles is like a really positive thing. And people used to be like, how do you work from home? That's crazy. I could never do that. Like, you know, I could never, you know, sit in my pajamas all day and, you know, do those things. The answer is like, you probably shouldn't sit in your pajamas all day. That doesn't <laughs> usually make a productive day, but right. You know, it, it was actually kind of in a way making our point to watch the whole world first and foremost do this, but also then look at things like open enrollment and the events they used to do and, and all these different things they used to put so much emphasis on and go, wait a minute, we have to be more thoughtful here and we have to do this differently. And there are so many organizations that were just sort of forced to relook at their experience yeah. and forced to rethink how they communicate to their teams. And for us, like that's all we've ever wanted. All we've, everything we've ever built is around sort of, you know, making HR lives easier and cooler and better and making employee experiences better. And so for people to, who, who would never have changed the status quo ever before to sit back and go, I think we have to like actually think about this now. Like we can't just be medical dental vision. We have to be thoughtful and we have to do things to engage our team. I mean, one of the biggest questions we got at the, at the beginning of the pandemic is like, what do I do to keep my team engaged? And then, you know, a year later, the conversation was like, how many more Zoom events can I do? Like yes. I, I'm running out of ideas here, <laughs> yeah. which I'm sure you guys know all about. 
but you know, it was, it was a fascinating transition to see just who went like, all right, we got to Annie up here and, and get in the ring and figure this out. And, you know, I think those employers are probably thriving right now. But now you're going back to live. Will there be a oh, hybrid yeah. or are you just going forget virtual anymore? Let's go straight back to everybody in a convention center. Yeah, so our core events are going to go back to in-person. There is just something magical about meeting people face-to-face and understanding what they want, and you are never going to get that engagement online for our event, right? You guys run very different events. You're experts at online engagement, so I can't speak to that. But when when you come to a trade show like ours, Mm -hmm. you are coming to both explore and discover services that you maybe wouldn't have known about or interacted with before. And you're, and you're, you know, you're getting some education from, from the stage, from the stage a little bit around employee experience design and data for all those things, but you're really coming to get a vibe for what fits for you and your team. And that's pretty hard to reproduce in a virtual event. We did very well with our virtual events last year. We were very lucky to be supported by some of the groups and sponsors that we were. And we had, we had overwhelmingly positive response to virtual events, but Planning a virtual event is like planning a TV show for a day. It's very different than how do I get humans to walk around each other, talk to each other, engage on certain subjects. So for us, I think at least in our core cities, in-person is is definitely the way to go. Yeah, I- With that said, we've always, Rich, known that there are going to be places that we cannot host a a full perks convention. Sure. It does not behoove us for lots of reasons, namely cost, to host some of these events at the scale that we do in smaller cities, right? Like we're, we're probably not going to have, you know, a perks convention in Santa Fe, New Mexico, right? (laughs) But there are employers there and they need services and they want to discover things. So we've always long thought about maybe some sort of virtual convention anyway, for the markets where our uh, perks and providers service additional employers outside of the six major metropolitan areas we're in. So this has really forced us to think, okay, what were the great parts about the virtual event that we want to keep? And when we go back to in-person or IRL, as I call it in real life, what elements of that should we be keeping? And how do we mix those in such that it is kind of like a one-two punch, right? Because when you're in, when you're at, you know, Boston PerksCon, that you can be confident in that room that every provider that is there services employers in Boston. Mm. Right. There's no geographic restrictions. That's a little different when you go online, because in theory, you're at least a national provider, if not a global provider, but maybe there's different constraints. So it's something to think about. And, you know, we we also have our our showcase software, which is designed to show off providers to groups of people. So we're uh, we're hoping to work that in and and do something fun with hybrid this year. But we miss in person. We love in person. (laughs) Speaking of your providers, Saul, what's some of your favorite items that have been put forth? I mean, so I obviously love all of them to be uh, very political on that one. Uh, but I would say, Switzerland but team bonding's your favorite. We know. Go ahead. It's fine. Uh, I, I am always a big fan of massage. So Alexa will joke about the day of our shows. I'm the one who's making sure all of our team eats. I also host Thanksgiving in my spare time, right? So Alexa, eat this. I don't want to eat it now. Trust me, you're going to fall over. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I mean, all the, the food perks are fantastic. They often, where they can, they'll bring in samples, and that's amazing. I also love massage. I mean, I love massage. So, you know, towards the end of the day, maybe I'll sneak onto one of those chairs when I'm there. But, you know, we have things like robots that make tea. You know, we have amazing on-site coffee vendors. We have a lot of mindfulness vendors who are fantastic. I've learned a lot from everybody. Listen, it's going to sound crazy, mm-hmm. but the fact that I know a lot about or know enough to be deadly with HSAs, health savings accounts, is because of the awesome HSA vendors we have there. So it's just, you know, different strokes for different folks. I love all of them. It's all deadly, I think is what he's saying, Rich. <laughs> what about you, Alexa? Any favorites? 
I don't play favorites. I refuse to. But uh, any, any, do... any, anything that stands out in your mind then? Yeah, look, I, we have seen people in the last seven years of doing this, Rich. I, every year I go, Saul, this is where the buck stops. Like people <sighs> cannot come up with one more service for the employer market. And every single year I am wrong. And so, you know, if two years ago, the hottest thing on the market was financial wellness and financial education, mm. I think this year it's probably going to be something like hybrid engagement solutions. Right. So things like team bonding is going to be thriver, like all the, all the, like, how do I keep teams that are dispersed engaged? And I think that's the way the universe should be going to be fair. So yeah, I'm down yeah, with that yeah. fad. On a serious I, note though, to interrupt your lifestyle, on a, this year is the year also of mental health Yes, and, for sure. and everything surrounding it. Right. Excellent. So that yeah. could be mindfulness meditation for people or it could be the other side of it i need a mental health calendar a counselor now um and everything that cascades with it so there's just so many issues uh to yeah. with that that's going to be huge yeah and you know we just partnered with better help on some of our shows who are really excited to work with um you know there's there's actually been this really fascinating trend rich that's fun to see over the last couple of years of really large consumer brands getting involved in the employer space mm. And there's lots of reasons I think that is. And, and I think it's actually a really positive trend for a lot of reasons, but mm -hmm. there are some really cool opportunities for employers to bring, again, sort of thoughtful solutions and inexpensive solutions to their teams that give them a lot of power as an employer from a brand perspective. So something like BetterHelp, which basically everybody's heard of or Calm, all these guys have uh, they now have employer solutions, Uber for business, uh, you know, DoorDash for at work. You know, there, there's all these huge groups that have the, the reason that's positive is not only is it bringing things like mental health to light, making it more accessible and also showing, I think the really important thing about the mental health piece, health piece there is that if you are as an employer showing your employees, it is okay mm -hmm. to access mental health services, you know, yeah. and you're not admitting that you're not okay by using the service. And that's why it's awesome. Right. Is it's like it, my employer is telling me it's OK to take care of myself. But the trend, I think, is really positive because it allows this lifestyle creation. Right. Which which I, I sort of started this conversation with, which is it allows the employer to craft an experience to the employee in an inexpensive way, sort of with services they can access really easily that are built for good engagement and to do that as an employer brand. And that is something that is like a total paradigm shift. I mean, you, we couldn't do that five years ago. And we've seen some of our groups like, you know, fringe, right. Where people, you know, can make these choices or we've seen journey meditation go to be journey. And, and now that they are in some of the mental health space too, as well, but they're not, they're not competing with better help. They're almost augmenting it. It's a lot of really interesting progression for how each groups are handling everything. So we're just like, to, yeah. it's fun to watch it. We, in some ways, and this is gonna, I, you know, I have a 12 year old and nine year old. I, I'm obviously not the parent there, but I get to gr watch the brands grow up. So it's like best of both worlds. I don't have to parent them. They can do that their own, but I can watch them from afar grow up and it's close. Yeah, I was yeah. going to bring that up because like in the marketplace now, in corporate culture, I mean, how many different generations of people are now working for a living? Four, almost five. Right. So mm -hmm. how do you make sure that there's something for everybody? Mm. It's a phenomenal question. So I actually think making sure there's something for everyone is maybe the easier piece of this problem to solve. Okay. Right. Because if you look across the generations, we actually have a very cool infographic that talks about this, but if you look across the four generations and you go like, okay, at, at this moment in time, where are millennials, right? Like most millennials are somewhere between getting married, buying a house and like maybe starting to worry about aging parent issues. Mm. Right. So boomers are definitely worrying about aging parents and gen whatever is behind millennials, gen Zers, 
you know, the kids are on their phone all day, the yeah. first digitally native generation. They're like, get me back to an office because I want to meet my coworkers and, you know, have parties and, and you know, do some, kind of the crazy interaction stuff that happens when you're like young in your career, right? And so if you're looking at the Gen Zers, you're like, all right, we should have, you know, Drizzly at work. We should have some of these great food benefits set up. We should be making sure that we're doing on, on-site, in-person, very intentional events when we bring people back to the office. If you look at the millennials, you're like, we should be probably providing some sort of financial education benefit. We should be probably have some sort of aging parent, something like you can actually the beautiful thing about where we're at today, Rich, is though all of those services exist. There's almost nothing an employer has ever asked us to find for them that doesn't exist as a product that they can offer to their teams. So that's not the harder thing to solve. I think the harder thing to solve is how do we break down this idea of A, it is hard to do that, and B, that utilization is going to be really low, so it's not worth it. And those are two pieces of like the, the employer brand and the employee experience stigma. I think we just absolutely have to get rid of because first of all, it's not hard. Like groups like us exist explicitly to make it not hard for you to do this stuff for your team. We, there's nothing we love more than helping people pick the right perks and benefits and providers to work with. Right. We do it all the time for groups, but also it doesn't have to be expensive. Uh, but this idea that like, oh, I'm, if you know, my whole team can't use it or I don't get you know, 75% engagement with this thing, why would I do it? And it's like, well, let me, let me reverse the question, right? Yeah. If you could get 10 of your team members an eye exam at the office instead of zero, would that be worth doing it? And the answer is almost always yes. But when you have four generations of people in the workforce right. and you're offering this sort of like smattering of things across the generations, you are never going to be able to hit a home run every time. Sure. So you have to, like, we have to get employers as they're designing their brands to understand what you're trying to do is optimize for each person where they're at. You are not trying to optimize the total package because you can't, you're going to have yeah. certain things. You're going to have certain things that half of your population is like, I'm not interested in like right. fertility benefits, right? Like you're never going to have a fertility benefit that has hundred percent utilization. That would be crazy <laughs> uh, for lots of reasons, but like, you know, you're also never going to have, a physical fitness benefit or a wellness benefit that that pertains to everybody because everybody is at a different place in their physical fitness benefit in, in their journey, you know, their health, their health journey. So you may have a really intense fitness offering that 10% of your population uses, and you should be stoked about that as long as you're not paying for the other 90%. Right. And you may have, you know, a meditation app that gets used by 60% of people. And that's also awesome, you know, because it's accessible, it's easy, it's daily, it's, you know, it's, it's theirs. Uh, you know, so I, I think there's the, the harder part of accessing this conversation, Rich, is I was just telling Saul this morning, you know, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? And we have to get people to understand that when you're dealing with this many people and this many generations and this many expectations, you cannot be everything to everyone. You have to pick the things that are going to cover your population. And then you have to tailor them to what you as the employer actually want to promote. Right? So if you want to tell your team, we really care about lifestyle and balance and mental health and wellness, like those are the things we are going to actively promote to you as a brand, mm -hmm. as your employer then you need to follow that, right? If you're like, well, we, we want you guys to worry about your own health and your own this, but we care about making sure that the office is a really engaging place and you're going to build benefits and systems around that. So I, I think this, it gets sort of uh, blown into this, like, unfortunately, larger conversation than it is. And the, the reason we're excited is that, like, this is what we're here to do. The world is here. It, you know, the, the days of it being hard to build a great employee experience are over. That I can say confidently. Nice. The conventions just for employers or employees as well? 
We welcome anyone who is an employee if they want to attend. Largely, the people that attend are employers, so anyone who is involved in buying for the employee experience effectively. So that's usually HR or culture or people or benefits from, you know, CHRO. Sometimes you get CEOs, sometimes you get COOs, and then also the the broker community. So we have lots of awesome partners in the Mercers and the, you know, the NFPs and the Locktons, et cetera, of the world uh, who make it a point to make sure that their clients are there so that they're also aware of what they can they can offer. Um, and so we we obviously welcome the broker community with, uh, with open arms because they sometimes are sort of the perfect liaison between maybe all the pressure the employer is feeling from a benefits perspective and the marketplace. And like I said, the marketplace has not gotten smaller in the last, you know, five to 10 years. It has, it has exponentially grown to, it, it would be almost impossible to keep up with all the services that we talk to, although we're trying, you know, every year we put out a big book of perks, which is a hundred, a hundred perks and services you need to know about going into that year. And every year, Rich, we cut out like, I don't know, at least 40 of them just because it's like some categories gotten really hot and you know, it just, it's always changing, which is awesome. It just makes it hard to, to sort of always stay on top of. It sounds like you just need more conventions. Yeah. Clearly. Careful what you, careful yeah, yeah. What you wish for, Rich. Rich, she's way ahead of you. Don't worry about it. <laughs> uh, Saul, what are you looking most forward to for going back to live events? I mean, all of it. It's a, it's a rush in live events. The people, uh, the people who are there, the happy hour is also wonderful, but when you work, we're, we're a really highly functional team at, at mm. Perks. Alexa is a fantastic leader, right? She has the ability to get you to see what she's seeing. So you can act like you think she would, you know, and she trusts you to act. So in that way, um, uh, we all function autonomously, but we're all functioning as a team. And uh, I, I love working in that aspect of it. Uh, we're a fun show. We're not stodgy, right? It's a one day event. So we're flying in on a Tuesday. The show's on a Thursday. We're out Friday morning. Uh, and in between there's a lot of fun work and a lot of interaction. It's, it's a rush. So that's what we definitely, we definitely get our steps in. That's for sure. hundred <laughs> percent. Alexa, same question. What are you looking forward to most? I am looking forward to, so the best part about our events, Rich, is at the end of the day when the people who are like a little shy to walk in and a little stressed out and worried about all these things come out of the end of the day, usually had a drink or two, although not always, um, <laughs> and they just look invigorated. They're just like, this was fun. I thought about things I don't get to take a minute to think about. Um, I'm excited to go talk to my team about some stuff and some things I want to do for our people. Right. And that is literally what the show exists for is like to give employers imagination around what should be, they should be doing for their teams. And so what I'm most, I'm most interested in and most excited for going into this fall and, and sort of the next year of stuff is that, that uh, sort of exponentially combined with the excitement that everyone is just feeling about being back in the world. So like when you take the concept of like before it was fun, even when you were taking events for granted mm. and before the concept was great, if you were truly someone who was forward thinking and wanted to take care of your team. And now I think we're coming into this, this awesome sort of opportunity to, to bring a lot more of the employer community with us to say, you need to be paying attention to this fun to pay attention to this stuff. And Oh, by the way, you're going to meet some really awesome people and you're going to have a really fun time at, 
you know, the happy hour or taking the yoga class or, or whatever it is that we do at those particular events. So I'm really excited for those two things to sort of happen at the same time, you know, cause it's kind of like a lunar eclipse. Like I, I don't think we're going to get many of these opportunities where everybody's like, get me to a large convention. I'm ready. I'm ready to go. So I'm excited. I'm, I'm excited for that. The general energy at our events is like a ton of fun. And so that plus just, you know, being back together again, uh, as real humans, I think will be a pretty awesome experience. Excellent. Once again, why don't you tell uh, my team out there when and where they can find these events? Ah, so you can find our events. Uh, this year, they are packed a little close together this fall. Uh, usually, they are spread across the, the spring and the fall, but you can find the schedule for all of our events at perkscon.com. Well, so it's like Perks Convention, but PerksCon. And you can find information about everything we do at poweredbyperks.com. Uh, which has information about all of our brands. But our schedule starts, our first event is August 25th in the San Francisco area, uh, which we are very excited. That's our first San Francisco event, so we're very excited. Excellent. You'd think it would have been our first event, but because San Francisco was like the birthplace of all of this, yeah. but we've been dragged there, and we're excited to, to launch our first event there on August 25th at Met, uh, City View at Metreon. And then we end in October with our last two shows, our Chicago and Toronto. Nice. So. Yeah. So, Alexa, thank you so much for coming on board. This sounds great. I have been hearing for the office with team bonding, hearing about the conventions and very upset when I'm not the one who's picked to go and present. But I understand. Uh, but thank you so much for coming on board. But I, I'm, I hate to do this to you because now it's time for my speed round. This show will leave no cheese unturned. Okay, guys, so the way this works, it's very simple. In 60 seconds, you as a team are going to try to answer as many easy questions as you can. The way it will work, because there are two of you, is if I ask a question that, that I do not name a specific person, whoever answers first, that's your answer. But if I name a specific person, it's up to that person to answer. You guys will have 60 seconds. I'm really bad at trivia, just fair warning. It's not a really trivia thing. It's more of a, <laughs> hey, you'll see. Uh, but when the music starts, I'll start asking questions. So if you guys are ready, ready. here we go. Born ready. All right. Saul, how many kids did you say you had? Two. How many? Which one's your favorite? Two. Ah, nice. Alexa. Uh, first one. <laughs> Alexa, if you had a movie made of your life, would you consider it a drama, comedy, romantic comedy, action, what? Uh, psychological thriller. Awesome. And any of you, what would you like to do on a rainy day? Look at my garden. Good job, Saul. Look at my garden. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, yes. Alexa, who is your favorite athlete? Oh, Jesus. Uh, Mia Hamm. I'll take it. All right. If, uh, Saul, if you were guaranteed success in a different position, what would you want it to be? Uh, massage tester. <laughs> <laughs> well done, my friends. That is six. Six answers done in a minute. Well done. So once again, guys, thank you so much for coming on board. And thank you to all my team out there. That is going to wrap up yet another episode of Team Building Saves the World. If you are a fan, thank you. If you are a fan of this podcast or you're just experiencing it now, please 
share it with your friends, your coworkers, your associates, whoever you may know. You find a stranger on the street and say, hey, I'm listening to this podcast. You should check it out. Let them know. You can find us on all the social medias at Team Bond Podcast. You can also find us on YouTube where we have excerpts for of each of these shows to be seen so you can actually see the lovely people I get to talk to. If you go on the social medias, don't forget to leave us a comment so that I can read it in future episodes because I want to hear what you guys think as you've been listening to this show. Once again, thanks to Saul Luckner and Alexa Baggio. Guys, again, great show. Thanks so much for coming on board. Thanks for having us. But that's going to be it. That's going to be it for me, my friends. Thank you so much, team. And never forget, from this point forward, you were always on my team, and I will forever be on yours. From all of us here to all of you, take care, team, and I'll see you next time. said that you learn more about a person in an hour of play than in a year of conversation. So why not put your co-workers to play with the help of the team at Team Bonding? Team Bonding was founded over 20 years ago with one simple question. How can employees have a great time while fostering strong, authentic bonds between people who work together? Their catalog of innovative events includes scavenger hunts, Jeopardy, and much more. Each activity, whether live, virtual, or hybrid, maximizes the impact of team building with an accent on fun. Visit teambonding.com to schedule schedule your event now. Team Bonding, when you want seriously fun results.